Hi everyone, and welcome to Val Cafe. My name is Brian Hostler, founder of Storing Roots Consulting based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory in the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm joined as always by my co-host. Hi everyone, I'm C. Kamen. I'm an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC, coming to you from Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. You know, it feels like it's, you know, it's been a little bit of time since we've last recorded. It feels like, you know, it's almost been like two years, but, you know, that's just... Yeah. I was gonna say it's like it's like it's like falling off a horse, isn't it? Just just get right back on there, <laughs> or get dragged, hold onto the rope, dragged behind Indiana Jones style, and try <laughs> to climb up. I don't know. Um, let let's let's address let's address the elephant in the room. It's been a while. <laughs> it's it's been a while. Yes, it's it's been a long two years. <laughs> yep. H- hello, hello to anyone who is still <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> Um, and to, to be fair, I've heard folks who want to want asking like, "What's up with the Val Cafe?" Like, we want to hear us back. I'm yep, not sure yep. why, but yes, there there have been folks who've said that to me to my face directly. So I've had I've had a, a couple people asking about it. I think we've asked ourselves about it a little bit. <laughs> um, so okay, so wh- why are we back? Why are we back? <laughs> why did we leave? Why did we? Why? What do we know? I mean, a little thing called pandemic and my microphone just changed. That's weird. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know That's... anything about sudden vocal changes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't switch within the first If you thought minutes, we were going to so... come back and be any more organized than we were before we left, the answer is no. We're probably more disorganized now. <laughs> I gotta check my mic. Okay, it's it seems to be fine now. Okay, um, as usual, when the blooper reel is longer than the actual content, then you know that's a good sign. So when the content is the blooper reel, um, yeah. So there was there was a pandemic. There was a pandemic. Um, in case anyone wasn't wasn't aware of that, um, I think the last the last episode we released um was. Uh, very shortly after the start of the pandemic, I think we released. I could I could look it up right now, but I'm just going to go off memory of like sometime or I think in June. We did, yeah, I think we did two during the pandemic. One with uh, Khalil Batar, and I think her last one was with Carolyn Hostler, actually. Yes, and yes, that was late spring, early summer. Yeah, and then we did actually. People don't know this. We did actually record another episode. I think late in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, that just it's it's I don't. I, I could maybe listen to it again, see if there's anything in it, but it, that one never saw the light of day. It was, um, I, you know, in, in terms of why, why we, we went on pause, I mean, things were just, for me, I got very tired. Um, not, not of the podcast, but of like everything. Um, I, I know some other consulting folks I know ended up in this situation where at the start of the pandemic, we all thought we were gonna not have any work. Um, and so I said yes to a lot of like anything, you know, just to get new work. And then actually there was a lot of work. Yes. And I know I took on way, way too much and got very, very tired and very, very burned out. And I kind of just, 
needed a break from uh, all everything, all my all my extracurriculars and things like that. Um, and I was also personally going through some changes, which um, regular listeners of the podcast may be wondering. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if if oh, do I have to say my name? Okay, so I am going to say my name because it. I did introduce myself as C. I'm kind of sometimes C is not my name right now. Um, my name is still Carolyn, but that might change at some point. So just like hold on to that lightly. But I will sometimes use that name because it's hard to not have a name. Anyway, uh, I I just started. I started my transition. I've I've been taking testosterone for a year now. This is not a cold. <laughs> my voice is just this low now, um, and that was something that I was also really working through a lot over the over the pandemic as well and just needed all of the extra brain bandwidth that I could possibly have. Um, so that, that, that for me was kind of what was going on. And Brian, I don't know if you, what you had going on over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the point you're raising about like uncertainty, I think, especially those first couple months and that whole like, are we gonna have any work going forward? I remember doing an online presentation, I think in like April for a project that was wrapping up and I was like, you know, do they, do these results even matter anymore? Like, does any of this work matter? Are we gonna be, yeah, you know, what kind of, are we in a contagion kind of scenario? Are we in a Shaun of the Dead kind of scenario? What's what's gonna happen? So um, yeah, so definitely had that feeling too, I think. And uh, uh, yeah, so I think a lot of things, obviously seeing too, I think summer of, of 2020, um, uh, just, you know, upheaval, all the crazy things happening around the world. So yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, I think just basically saying a lot of stuff happening. I think this didn't have the, the bandwidth mentally, like you said, for for this and just didn't know what to be talking about, I guess. Maybe it's another part for me. Yeah, like it's been, I mean, it's been like two and a half years now mm -hmm. of a lot of change. Like what? I don't know, where are you at right now? Like, how has your practice changed or not changed? Yeah, like, I mean, in some ways, I don't think a lot of it has changed directly. Like, when the pandemic hit, actually three of my four projects I was actively working on were already remote. So, and that's, I think, working in Saskatchewan, especially if you're working outside, just like I'm based in Saskatoon, as we hear in the intro. If I'm working with anybody outside that, it's pretty much has always been a remote kind of scenario anyway. You see more phone calls, now it's more Zoom and all that. But so that didn't change directly besides just that any Saskatoon-based projects are mostly online now. And it was weird doing some during the pandemic where I didn't like actually even meet the client in person. I still haven't met some of the clients in person yet. So that's a little bit funny, but um, yes, I mean like that part hasn't changed directly, but then at the same time, yeah, it's changed. I don't even know how. I think is the best way to put it. So yeah, I don't know about for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think in some ways the work, I mean, my work was kind of already changing, like everything accelerated for me. Like things mm -hmm. were sort of starting off very small. And I think when I got really busy, it was already going to be accelerating. It just happened like faster mm -hmm. in some ways um, because there was just, there was so much work at first. It's now leveled, like I'm, I'm at a, place where it's more sustainable right um I feel like so it's it's like almost hard to compare like oh it was like you know I had this it was always like this for years and years and years and now it's this like no I because it was always changing already um and my work I always find is so 
like every project is so radically different for me. I'm always, I always feel like I'm brand new in every project. Um, but maybe for me, what's changed is, um, I feel a little bit more grounded in what I'm doing. Um, I used to go into every project with this kind of mentality of like, anything's possible. We'll just figure it out or we'll, we can try this or we can try this. We don't even know what's possible yet. We're going to find out. Uh, and now there's a part of me that's like, okay, yes, but let's also be um, not realistic about it, but it's like, oh, I've seen stuff before now. I think, <laughs> You've seen a couple of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, because my projects have always been so different, it's taken me a while to get to a point where I'm just like, oh no, I've kind of been in this situation before. I've seen things like this before, or oh, I'm coming across this kind of question or situation uh, more than once. So maybe there's just that element of, of more familiarity. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, I guess, I think, I do still think that lots of things are possible. And I always want to hang on to that idea mm -hmm. of let's not, let's, I don't ever want to get to a place of like, oh, we can only do this. Oh, let's right. keep our expectations and hopes low because we're only going to be able to achieve this. Um, but I've certainly now come in with a much more pragmatic, like, okay, if this is what we want to do, if we have this ambition of like, we want to do like, really community engaged, you know, participatory work, really mm -hmm. dig into things that it's like, I have a, I have, I have um, a much more like, let's think, I know this is going to get hard at some point, like, let's, let's really think through um, what are we trying to do? What are we working with? Um, you know, what are the, um, it's like what's most important about this so we can like try to make sure that like the most important thing happens and a little bit less of like let's see if we can get it all in there right <laughs> i don't know I, I feel like i'm um it's identifying priorities but also like and like or yeah like even the dreams but also saying like we can't accomplish it all or we can't like there's going to be some yeah i don't want to use realistic either but there's some like pragmatic considerations too at the same time I think what it, I'm, I'm a lot more honest with people about their budgets. Mm -hmm. When someone says, okay, this is our budget. I, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable in saying like, all right, this is what you can do in that budget. Mm -hmm. And this is what you can't do in that budget. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like important. just, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and then that's good because then we can talk priorities and we can like mm -hmm. actually get really focused about like right. what, what we want to do. So that's, mm -hmm. that's one thing definitely that's, um, I'm also, I have gotten much more comfortable, I think, in what I don't do mm. and try. And actually, I just had a really good conversation about this with a friend about like, even I probably can get better at like really identifying, like, when do people actually want evaluation and when mm. are people asking for evaluation, but want something else? Yes, <laughs> I've seen that a couple of times. And then also, yeah, recognizing where it's, it's good to say like, you know what, you're going a different path, even if we maybe seem compatible on the surface, but this is not, this ain't going to work. Yeah. And oh, saying no to stuff. That was like, that was really necessary. Like when I was getting overwhelmed and overworked, I mm -hmm. had to just start saying no to everything. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm much more comfortable now in like passing on stuff and saying, nope, that's not in my bandwidth or that's not the kind of project I like to work on as opposed to, you know, sort of like, oh, I'm sure that I, I would love doing that or I would find something I would love about doing that or mm. things like that. So right. 
Right. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's, that's kind of what shifted in my practice um, at the moment and more teaching. I'm doing a lot more teaching. I've been running workshops in evaluation, which is something I've wanted to do for such a long time. And I've had like kind of one-off experiences that were really interesting. And I learned a lot. And then I've just started like uh, in the last year running my own workshop that like is mine from the ground up designed for me offered by me I had to figure out all the things I had so much help from so many people even down to like how do I what what should I use for my registration form and how do I set it up like there's so much there's so much that goes into it Um, and uh, it's been really fun and really rewarding that's been brilliant so I really have enjoyed that. Yeah. Nice. What are you, what's exciting you in your practice right now? Like looking to the sort of what's happening in the moment, looking to the future, what, mm-hmm. what are you excited about? Yeah. Um, well, one thing actually that she has kind of realized like, oh yeah, that's happened this past year as well as that I completed uh, the, um, the SFU certificate program and we'll include in the show notes, multiple podcast episodes that we've talked about it and had <laughs> folks from the program involved, uh, you know, come on and talk with us. So uh, so that was that was great. We actually I know that we had the same uh, mentor uh, through that uh, program. So Kate, if you're listening, hi and thank you. <laughs> yeah, Kate Sutherland, uh, she's so great. Yes. So um, yeah. So actually, and one of the things that I came through with that is that uh, my capstone was on developing a framework around uh, evaluation that kind of accommodates for the urban context that a lot of programs that we evaluate are situated in, and then how does that uh, connect? So um, still. Uh, like kind of still coming off of that, like, oh, rush to complete the capstone before before it's due. And that was in late June and kind of summer has just been like, okay, go back to normal a little bit. But that's definitely a framework that I'm wanting to explore and figure out how do I kind of, uh, how to develop that further? How do I make use, like, how am I going to make use of that? How does that kind of integrate into my practice? How do I bring in equity perspectives a bit more and, and reconciliation and decolonization into it? Uh, because there's a lot of really neat stuff happening in Saskatoon here that I could really maybe uh, align with well. Um, have a conversation after this with some folks around collective impact and how that connects in with um, reconciliation work happening. And I'm trying to also bring a bit of a critical perspective to that as well with the folks I'm chatting with. So yeah, so there's a lot of possibility there. And now it's trying to take that whole capstone experience where you kind of get to go whoosh and all out into broader, like, you know, look at all the different possibilities and now try to bring it back in to say, okay, what does this actually practically mean for, for, for practice and, and where do I share that and all that? So, um, yeah, so that's kind of maybe an area of interest or an area that I'm kind of pursuing for, for practice, connecting with some folks on the West coast, actually out of Victoria, that's just kind of more of an urban practice collective and going to be like the evaluation dude involved with that. So, um. <laughs> I don't know. so I, yeah, we haven't actually talked about each other's like respective uh, capstones because I did my capstone right, yes. the year before. Um, what, tell me more about, so accommodating the urban context, what does yeah. that, what does that, what does that mean? Tell me more. Yeah. So, um, I'm not going to drag my memory back into it now, but uh, basically I think kind of identifying like four different like areas. Like one is how do we like, okay, if we're doing an evaluation and we're seeing low uptake for a uh, program and we you know like, okay, well, what's the transportation connections like to that program? So that's maybe like, you know, the most like straightforward thing or like how does urban 
planning or uh, or uh, the way the neighborhoods are structured maybe impacts our programs that we don't think about necessarily, or some folks think about it, but maybe don't consider that. So that's kind of one aspect. Another aspect is just around uh, municipalities actually evaluating their own or like kind of those um, institutional settings within a city actually evaluating their work. So um, so does a city actually evaluate its engagement processes um, or uh, the impact that zoning and bylaws actually have on communities, which apparently what I've heard from talking with some folks who work in this field, apparently a lot of cities don't do that. I'm not going to single anyone out, but uh, and there's actually some some good work happening too. Um, um, but yeah, they're not always kind of coming through. And then I guess the the next one would be around um, uh, put me on the spot. I'm trying to remember. I had four things. <laughs> one, two. I'm gonna have to pull up my document because otherwise, I'm gonna. Uh, another one is just like about. Uh, I was kind of using Nan Wakepana's idea of like evaluation, uh, two, uh, four with by and as. Um, in that case, she was talking about uh, with Indigenous communities. So that was kind of my kind of first maybe starting point about like evaluation in cities or for cities or by that. So, oh yeah, now I remember now, the third one was kind of more community level um, uh, initiatives. So more, they again, collective impact or um, multi-stakeholder collaboration where you have multiple partners and again, trying to address the community level issue like poverty or homelessness. And then finally it was more, how does evaluation contribute to city building, but not in the like uh, gentrification, make everything Starbucks and high-end stores kind of way, but more about like, how does an evaluator be part of a broader conversation around what kind of city do we want to live in and how do we define that and how do we understand that and how do we measure progress towards that? So, yeah, um, I mean, so yeah. Cause we're, cause we're designing things. We're creating things as cities. We're, we're doing some of it like really intentionally with like city mm -hmm. planning and zoning decisions. And some of it's happening in this really um, sort of self-organized way, just like the way that mm -hmm. people set up and, and arrange and, and work in their own neighborhoods and create spaces. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's what, um, not to make this about me, but I was going to say, I feel <laughs> like that, like the, so the workshop that I've been offering this is called mm -hmm. weaving it in right. um, this idea that, I mean, everyone is is evaluating really, mm -hmm. truly all the time. Yep. Um, but a lot of people don't feel confident mm -hmm. in that evaluation practice, or they don't have a lot of um, like intentional infrastructure in their organizations or their spaces where they're working to support that, to like recognize the fact that like, yeah, you're thinking about like, is this working? Is this working? What are we seeing that gives us, you know, a sense that this is working or not working? Right. Um, and the weaving it in, I talk about weaving it in, but it's also really about like recognizing what's there. Mm -hmm. And the idea is like, you're already thinking about like, if, um, yeah, if you're a city and you're, you're implementing policies and, and making decisions like that, mm -hmm. on some level, you're getting feedback about how things are going. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and do you have the processes in place so you actually can get that feedback, get it in a timely way, get it in mm -hmm. a usable way? and be right. able to actually act on it and make decisions based on it in a way that's um, transparent and also makes sense and involves the people it needs to involve in a way that's mm -hmm. actually meaningful and useful. Like just having those feedback me mechanisms um, built in. And yeah, mm -hmm. if you're on a program level, are you able to think about 
I, this I love like the very first point you brought up just about like if people aren't coming, is it because you're running it when the buses aren't coming? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I've heard examples of that, yeah. So. <laughs> right, like just being able to think outside the walls of your program mm-hmm. and think about yourself and and it's, again, people are so able to do that. Like that's what I always find is like when you give people just like the moment to actually do and think about that. It's not like it's it's hard or impossible to do. Right. It just they often don't have like the space or capacity or support or in, like permission mm-hmm. to actually do that. Um, yeah, definitely, yeah. and yeah, it makes so much sense. And uh, I mean, there's definitely unique things for like, within these contexts So like working with cities or municipalities, for example, you have that whole kind of, you know, administration side. So like, you know, the staff and the civil servants and all that, and they have kind of one line of feedback. And then you have like the political side, like counselors and mayor, and they have kind of a different line of feedback and they kind of interface, but kind of don't always. So there's a lot of interesting things that happen there and how the two kind of dance, dance with each other and sometimes dance around each other to some degree. But yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, um, it's fascinating stuff. And yeah, it's, uh, uh, my kind of background kind of from community psychology, which is all about kind of being in that community space, but then, and also having an evaluation background, but then also to like, even community psychologists don't always understand those kind of like urban dynamics necessarily, or they don't always dive into that. So I joke that I'm like a closeted like urban planner, but you know, never taking any kind of <laughs> course or anything like that. But then it's, yeah, for me, it's a little bit of a, a recognizing this past year that I get to kind of balance or like a get to bridge maybe that evaluation and kind of community nonprofit work with that kind of urban space kind of work and the two don't always necessarily understand each other so that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing how do I integrate into my practice or what can my practice look like in that respect and uh, yeah no I think uh, we need to talk about your workshop maybe some because that maybe is a interesting maybe bridging opportunity there as well potentially so in terms of yeah so um I I love, so we talk about like accidental evaluators mm-hmm. and I love that you're kind of maybe like an accidental urban planner, maybe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just like, yeah, there's so much, um, there's so much crossover. Like I, I can totally understand. Yeah. If you're spending a lot of time just thinking about how does this system work? Because mm-hmm. that's where you, like when you're thinking about like, is this, is this thing that we're doing effective and you, and to really understand that you have to look at it in its context. And then you're looking at the context and like, what does this context make possible or not possible? And then, yeah, of course you're, you're starting to think about like, oh, well, if this is like how the, you know, the way that we have, like the way that we organize transit in this city is making certain kind of programming, you know, just impossible to sort of run in an effective way. Like, what if we made some policy changes around that or shifted the, mm-hmm. like, you immediately just get into like the bigger picture of it all. Right, exactly. So, and I think evaluation has been starting to do that with systems thinking, but we don't actually, or at least I haven't seen much of like actually naming that system that most programs that we evaluate are existing in. So, and actually trying to understand it. So, uh, I mean, definitely don't want to say that I'm like unique or starting this off all of my own. There's probably some folks who've already recognized this. And if you do, and you're listening to this podcast by some rare chance, please reach out to me because I would love to nerd out about this a little bit with you. So, um, or if you know folks who do this, but uh, yeah, no, I think we need to need to have these conversations and yeah. I want to provide space for that. So I feel like I've taken up a lot of room though talking about this some, right now, but I mean. Dude, it's our podcast. We're here to talk and people listen true. to us. That's yes. the point, remember? <laughs> yeah, an accidental evaluator, <laughs> an accidental podcaster. It's like, oh yeah, we actually. No, we did that to ourselves on purpose. <laughs> I still sometimes wonder why, but, but then I enjoy the conversation. So I realize why. So huh. yeah, um, 
otherwise, yeah, I mean, I think learning too, I mean, another spot that we were learning or maybe teaching is around our forthcoming NDE article. I'm not sure if we want to talk about that at all or not. Oh, but. yeah. Can we talk <laughs> about it? I guess it's been accepted. It's, it's been, been accepted. accepted for public. We've been working. <laughs> so this is, a, this is an article. It's, oh, okay. So it's going to be part of new directions and evaluation. Yes. Um, this was, the call went out like I want to say three no it was right before the pandemic yeah so it was like early 2020 and the call went out it was for a, a special issue um for LGBTQ plus that's the that's the version of the alphabet acronym that they're using um evaluation issue um and I, rem I remember sending the call um, for proposals to you. I can't remember why at the moment, I, maybe we had been talking about something and I thought, oh, maybe you, maybe Brian wants to write something for this. And then right. you said to me like, okay, yeah, do you want to write something together? Mm -hmm. That, which hadn't even occurred to me. And then we, and then uh, we also brought in two other, uh, two oh, other writers. people that we knew. Well, we brought, so you, you brought in uh, Andrew, Andrew. Yeah. who I hadn't met yet, but you knew from, um, University of Saskatchewan. So we had that connection. And yes. then we all we all learned that we all knew the same fourth person. We all were yes. thinking about the same fourth person, but we didn't know anyone else also knew that person. So we all triangulated around our friend Vince. <laughs> right, because Vince had been in the, going back to the SFU certificate program, was in the Eval 800, the last in-person Eval 800, like opening workshop uh, with me. So I met Vince then and he knew Andrew and he, he knows you and yeah. it's just a whole like we're all enmeshed even we're, yeah it was it was one of those just sort of like beautiful moments of like oh of course a bunch of queer evaluators all know each other <laughs> uh, so that was that was something that we convened and because we were all in different places so Vince and I are, are here in Vancouver and you and Andrew are in Saskatoon so we we kind of were already convening online and then there was a pandemic and so we just mm -hmm. kept meeting online and uh, that yeah so it's been like two years of, yes. <laughs> of writing a paper um, about being, you know, very various forms of queer and, and trans evaluators. Um, yep. That has been a really interesting, interesting <laughs> our, journey. How does our identity connect into that? And uh, I know we can share in the show notes a blog post we did for AA365, oh, yeah. where we kind of talk about some of those. And I can't even remember which that probably came out yeah sometime two years ago at this point but uh it gives a little flavor a little taste of it but the issue i think we just got the final like yep. version proved approved it just needs to go to the printers i think basically so yep. coming out this fall and we'll post that somewhere yeah we're um, allowed to cite it now we can we can yeah, do a citation of it right i mean i was gonna half citing it earlier but i think <laughs> in some cv but then i'm not an academic so probably wasn't legit but yeah so it is it's it's coming out and I think yeah it was just a really neat experience during the past two years I honestly wasn't sure if it would ever see the light of day but it looks like it is now which is uh it's just been an awesome experience at working with you and working with uh with Vince and Andrew as well as part of it and maybe that was kind of our podcast substitute a little bit for the past two years was working on this article and just kind of having a conversation but in a different format a little bit yeah yeah it was really fun and yeah when it comes out I think I think new direction and evaluation. I don't. It's not an open access journal, and I I don't think we've asked yet. Like what we can, I, if you want, if you want a preprint, just email us. <laughs> yeah, we can probably do that. So, but, uh, um, 
If you are an yeah. AEA member. Yes, if you are an AEA member, you will have access to it, yes. Yeah, so that's another exciting thing I think that we kind of did over the last two years, which... Yeah. I learned I don't like writing for journals because I get too controlling. <laughs> <laughs> I like things to happen on my timeline. <laughs> uh, it somehow um, worked out. It. it was glorious and messy. And it worked it was, out. It worked out. It happened. So, there was some last minute, like, we got to edit and <laughs> do some stuff. <laughs> yes. And, and, and we blew a lot of deadlines. So thank you to the editors for being incredibly patient. Thank you. Us. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan and uh, and all. If you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you so <laughs> um, much. But yes. Yes. So. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a it was an experience. I think overall a positive experience. But yes, it was uh, not a straightforward line. But I think that's what we're saying is that things are messy in evaluation. If there's a theme of this podcast is that we're evaluation is messy. Evaluators are messy. It was very much the conclusion of our paper as well. That too is yes. inciting a theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So ha- so we we've gotten back on the podcast bicycle. Um, yes. A little bit. I thought it was a horse earlier. I know. I know. We started this recording by being like, "Are we going to release this or not?" Let's find out. Let's record it and see if we feel like <laughs> it's releasable. Mm-hmm. The jury's not out to me, but <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if you're listening to this, you know what we decided. Um, I mean, I've definitely I miss these. I miss these uh, these calls yes. in, our, in our podcast, and this is really fun. And I will mm-hmm. say, I know. We, at no point is there any promise of um, a regular, um, you know, schedule of releasing episodes or any promise of additional future episodes or that we wouldn't go on like an unannounced prolonged hiatus. It happens. It happens. Again. Irregular <laughs> <laughs> um, evaluation podcast. I think we can go for that title. And and what we were talking about this before we were recording, there are other evaluation podcasts yes. uh, out there that have, that there there were always more than one. I think, was it, uh, I want to say Glass Frog. Again, I should have just looked this up. Yes. Um, I, I will, I will get, if I'm wrong on any of these, I will put the correct one, correct links. But I think there was one called, I want to say Glass Frog because I don't know what that means, but it always yes. is a very memorable thing. Um, there's also, so uh, Dana Wanzer, who is a previous uh, guest on the podcast has been doing their Evaluland uh, podcast for a while. I haven't actually listened to it yet. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I needed to, I needed to come back around to evaluation podcasting after. Um, so, but actually I'm really excited to listen to it. So I'm going to catch, start catching up on episodes of that. And, uh, and, and Price has a, a, a podcast I don't know do you know the name of uh community possibilities community so. possibilities so it's not just evaluation uh, but um also sometimes as evaluators and end price has been I think not a guest but I think she was one of our when we did that that early pandemic episode that was like just people checking in right yeah <laughs> and and was one of the people who checked in with us mm-hmm. um yeah I don't know there might even be others now but I I, I love that the the field of evolu- the the field of evaluation podcasting has never run dry there's always no. been um, I think as long as, uh, yeah, so even when one kind of drops, you know, or decides to get a prolonged hiatus unannounced. Well, uh, breaks. <laughs> well, only breaks. I think there's always space. There, someone else picks up the torch, which is awesome to see. So, yeah. So uh, definitely have listened to those. We'll put those in the show notes. Um, and we might actually go listen to them as well. <laughs> because really, I just thought the, uh, yeah, evalu- 
I thought Atlanta is actually 37 episodes. That means they have oh surpassed our title. So, oh my God, uh, congratulations so, on 37 episodes. Yeah, That's so, so many episodes. Yep. And she actually has, uh, Dana seems to have a pretty well like a monthly posting schedule so that's even amazing. More amazing I can't wait I've got so much to catch up on I can, I can binge listen listen yes we can binge listen I think uh I mean going forward for this podcast I think we'll just besides just having the shrug emoji uh as to what's going to happen I think you know I think we'd love to have maybe guests on again if there's folks I miss our, I love having guests We've so, always had that long list of like, ooh, it would be so cool to get so-and-so and talk to so-and-so. And I think that list yes. just always keeps growing. Yes, and sometimes you just tweet it out to me, like, you know, hey, <laughs> let's bring this person on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to God's, you know, random, random Twitter followers. We can do that. Uh, that'd be great to, yeah, maybe have Dana and Anne or uh, Susan Wolf. We got to meet both uh, uh, Susan and Anne in person at CES uh, earlier this year in Winnipeg in person. What? in-person conference is this oh my god weird, you're doing especially... in-person conferences oh wow i know I this is weird <laughs> it was especially more so when i realized halfway through the opening banquet or the opening reception that like i had my grad in this very ballroom so my like high school grad so and it probably <laughs> hasn't changed much since <laughs> no no offense to the venue but yeah <laughs> it could also those, be those conference room carpets are timeless <laughs> <laughs> that's one word for them yes so but uh no, it was, it, was a, it was a great uh, great conference, great venue. If anyone from the venue is listening, please don't sue me for defamation. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's got that right. Yeah. But otherwise, um, yeah, I think, um, we'll just see what happens with the podcast yeah. going forward. Yeah, keeping it keeping it loose and loose and breezy. <laughs> the cafe has regular hours, but we serve <laughs> a mean brew when you do when we are open and on that note i'm going to re-record our outro because i got to do it in my new voice now (laughs) (laughs) that's it for this episode of eval cafe thank you to all our listeners please check out the rest of our episodes on pinecast itunes or google play or by going to our website evalcafe.wordpress.com don't forget to follow us on twitter at evalcafe And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for Poppers and Prosecco, our intro theme, and Dispersion Relation, our outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. You want to take it away? <laughs> you start. It's you first. That is me. Yes. Okay.